0: I am looking forward to this discussion and learning a lot more about this case uh, that is happening right now. Uh, This story comes to us by way of KSL.com, and here's here's the headline. The state of Utah argues in favor of the Northwestern ban of Shoshone hunting fishing rights lawsuit in Idaho. So, the federal government, the state of Utah... And the tribe are on one side, if you will, Dave, of the courtroom, and the state of Idaho is on the other. And we're going to get a lot of details about what this case is all about, but I know it sparked your interest because of two words, hunting, fishing.
2: Yeah, this is, this is fascinating. The tribe is suing Idaho and two fishing game officials claiming the state denied its right to hunt and fish on its ancestral lands. And this was guaranteed. This this mm-hmm. was a really really surprising part, an interesting, fascinating part of the story. These these rights mm-hmm. to hunt and fish were guaranteed guaranteed by a treaty. that's called the Treaty of Fort Bridger, back in eighteen sixty eight.
0: Larry Echo Hawk is. Uh, you have so so many titles here. He's with us in studio, but let me walk our listeners through um, your a little bit of your resume. Um, because you've done so much in terms of fighting for the rights of indian tribes um you served under uh, president barack obama as the us assistant secretary of the interior for indian affairs um and you said you said just moments ago that is the highest ranking position um that uh, in indian affairs um you're also currently the advisor to the governor here in utah and the attorney general here in utah and hence why you're involved in this case Uh, and you also at one point this is an interesting twist you were the attorney general for the state of idaho way back in the 90s yes so welcome
1: thank you
2: what is the problem right now i mean what can you walk us through how how often hunting and fishing is used by the the shoshone tribe in in these areas of idaho
1: Well, uh, there's a lot of history behind this case, and it goes way back to actually prior to 1868 Fort Bridger Treaty, because there were numerous bands of Shoshone, of the Shoshone Nation, spread across five states. And uh, here in Utah, we have the Northwest Band of Shoshone. They're located Uh, Their headquarters is in the Ogden area, but uh, their aboriginal territory was in northern Utah and southern Idaho. And uh, there was uh, an unfortunate thing happened on January 29th of 1863 just across the state line near Preston, Idaho, where uh, the United States Army under... uh, Colonel Patrick Connor led about 200 soldiers of the California Volunteers to attack a village of a northwest band of Shoshone people. And it's been identified as, you know, perhaps the largest massacre of Native people in United States history. Uh, The numbers are kind of up for debate, but at least 200 and maybe as many as 500 northwest Shoshone people mainly women and children were slaughtered and that diminished the size of the tribe but they continued to live in their homeland which is mainly in Utah. So they're a federally recognized tribe and participated in the Fort Bridger Treaty of 1868. The United States wanted land open for settlement and the Shoshone Nation had like 80 million acres of land that under the laws of the United States was their right to occupy. And in the Fort Bridger Treaty, there were about 14 bands of Shoshone that came to an agreement with the United States where over 40 million acres of land was transferred into ownership of the United States. And there were promises, of course, in return, and the one that is the focus of The lawsuit is in Article 4 of the treaty where the tribes reserve to themselves the right to hunt on the unoccupied lands of the United States, meaning federal lands. And uh, that's the issue in the case is that does the federally recognized uh, Northwest Band of Shoshone, uh, are they entitled to exercise that right in their aboriginal territory which reaches into idaho idaho has been criminally prosecuting tribal members there so the tribe northwest band had enough of that and so they filed a suit in federal court in idaho and they actually lost that case where the judge said because you didn't relocate to or locate on one of the two large reservations that were established, one in Wind River, Wyoming, and one in Fort Hall, Idaho, that you don't have the right to hunt. So the appeal was sent to the United States Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and what's really interesting about this case is that the Solicitor General for the Department of Justice, the United States, Um, filed an amicus brief in support of the treaty right. And this is not new because back in 1985, the regional solicitor of Interior had pronounced that this treaty right was valid. And what's really, really interesting is that the state of Utah has a very good working relationship with the Northwest Band. They actually have a cooperative hunting agreement in place, that recognizes the rights of these people to uh, hunt uh, on federal lands. And the state of Utah filed an amicus brief as well. So you had the United States, the state of Utah, and the tribe arguing on one side, and you had the state of Idaho on the other. So that argument occurred on February 6th of this year.
0: We're speaking live right now to Larry Echohawk. He's been involved with this case that you're just uh, explaining is going on. in in Idaho, uh, he is also special counsel to the governor of the state of Utah, as well as the attorney general. Um, and I'm curious to know about these tickets or prosecution that's been happening. So... The Shoshone tribal members are hunting um, or fishing on these lands that they uh, are theirs rightfully uh, to do so on under this treaty from more than a hundred years ago. I'm knowing 155 six years ago, and they're being ticketed by fishing game up there in Idaho. Is that is that what brought this to a head?
1: Yeah, they were criminally prosecuted for exercising the treaty right in the Idaho portion of the Aboriginal territory of the Northwest Band. And what do you do then? The tribe really didn't have much choice. If they want to make sure their treaty rights are valid, they file suit against the state of Idaho. So,
2: do they have uh, the ability to to hunt uh, really with 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 impunity? They can just. Uh,
1: do whatever they want? The tribe will regulate their own hunting uh, by their members, by tribal regulation, and there is limits on that. Okay. In, we call it conservation necessity. They can't take animals where would it would endanger the species or something like that, but it's up to the tribe to regulate, and they do. They They provide permits for their tribal members to do that. Uh, Did these individuals have permits from the tribe? Yes. And the tribe, uh, after the massacre, you might imagine, it's not a large tribe. There are about 560 tribal members. And I've heard the tribal leaders say we only have about 20 hunters. But the treaty rights are very, very important to the tribe. They don't want to let go of those rights because they gave up for the Northwest Band Out of that over 40 million acres that the United States received, 10 million was from the Northwest band. And they said, we gave a lot. We should recognize our treaty rights. And one more comment here that I think very relevant is under the United... It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all
2: kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
1: I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. State's constitution, treaties are deemed the supreme law of the land. If people believe in the constitution, they should recognize that these treaties, there were actually 389 treaties entered into with Native people. The U.S. Supreme Court has said they're no different than treaties with foreign nations.
0: We you stick around? Um, we want to continue this conversation. I really want to ask, I mean, you've laid out a, an amazing case. I mean, if I'm, I'm the judge, I'm case closed. <laughs> I'm finding in favor of the Shoshone tribe. Um, but I'm curious to know... Uh, if if Idaho has any leg to stand on with this, so let's get into that conversation straight ahead. Dave
1: and Dujanovic
0: continuing our conversation with Larry Echohawk. Uh, he's a special counsel for Indian Affairs. For, he's advisor to the governor, an advisor to the attorney general here in Utah. And we're talking about this case that is just it fascinates me, it baffles me all at the same time. It has to do with the Shoshone Indian Tribe. Um, Members of the tribe being ticketed in Idaho while uh, using the land that under a treaty they have the right to use, a, a federal treaty that was signed more than 150 years ago, um, but being ticketed by the state of Idaho. And that case is in court right now.
2: And Larry, uh, as you were describing this, just to make sure it's clear in my mind, the, the, some of the aspects of the treaty were We're going to give up some of our rights to the land, but we are not going to give up
1: our rights to hunt
2: and fish this land. Am I correct
1: on that? That's right. And the courts have said, United States Supreme Court precedent, what the tribes were doing is reserving to themselves the right to hunt and to fish on the unoccupied lands of the United States because these were tribal lands. So it's not that the federal government granted these rights, but the tribe you know, reserve them to themselves. And they gave up 10 million acres of land, you know, in exchange for the promise of uh, uh, actually a reservation which never was delivered to them and also the right, which was very important because they were, they they subsisted on fish and game and roots and berries from the land. And uh, they reserved the right to do those things.
0: So, uh, some tribal members are, are ticketed by the state of Idaho or by the fishing game folks that that patrol these areas, and this comes to a head because now they're being prosecuted criminally for doing what they feel is protect well that is protected under this treaty. Now it all ends up in court, and you said you were watching the arguments uh, from the courtroom. Uh, what possible case can Idaho make that it's right and the Shoshone Indian tribe tribal members are wrong?
1: Well, I think it was a difficult day for the state attorney that represented Idaho in that case because it was a three-judge panel, three uh, justices of the Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals, and um, there you had it. The United States argued in favor of the treaty right, the state of Utah argued in favor of the treaty right, and so, of course, the tribal attorney. And it appeared from just watching that this is going to be a win for the Northwest Band, but you never know. You know, it's never you don't know until they actually issue the opinion.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but the the argument was that the Northwestern Band of the Shoshone Nation was not a part. Of, of this treaty?
1: Was that the argument that was trying to be made? The arg- basic argument was that they lost their right to hunt under the treaty by not uh, residing on the Fort Hall Reservation or the Wind River Reservation. Wind River is located in Wyoming.
2: Why would that matter? If if they wanted to live somewhere else and chose, that doesn't change their heritage or their the rights— to the treaty. But
1: that's, I guess, the argument? Well, the argument was that in order to have the treaty right, you have to do what the United States, you know, did in creating two reservations. You have to live there and make that your home. So if you don't live there, you don't get the right. But um, I don't think the judges were buying that argument.
0: So is this just this, it just makes me feel so badly um, given all that they went through so many years ago. And now, uh, because of the massacre that happened in 1863 of the women and children, the numbers of the Shoshone tribe, which you said is headquartered in Ogden, um, have have really never. It sounds like recouped. There's still a very small band. Um, what do they do in the meantime for hunting? Do they come to Utah to do that, or do they stay in Utah to do that so that we don't so they don't get ticketed? And prosecuted? A a
1: large area of their aboriginal territory is located in Utah. So they do have that uh, right to hunt here in Utah, which the state of Utah recognizes and actually has a cooperative agreement. So they both sides understand, you know, where the tribal members will be hunting at what time of year, how many, you know, uh, animals will be taken. So that's entered into by agreement. The state of Utah recognizes that treaty right.
2: When um, when we're talking about hunters and, and how much this impacts uh, Idaho, can you remind us what the numbers are? How many hunters are going in there? H- how many animals are being harvested?
1: Well, the cooperative agreement uh, sets limits um, by agreement on how many animals will be taken, but... What the tribe has said, I've been in meetings with them when they were negotiating the agreement. They say they only have about 20 members that go out and hunt. But some of those members do hunt for some of the elders of the tribe that are incapacitated and can't exercise the right on their own. And subsistence is a very important thing to them. Are we talking dozens, hundreds, thousands? Uh, 20 hunters. That's what the tribe has said. You know, it it may be a little more than that, but not much more.
0: Uh, so, when do you, any word on when there will be some sort of a, a decision, a ruling by the, 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 the appeals court?
1: We didn't, never know for sure. My guess is in three or four months, we should have an opinion come from the Ninth Circuit, U.S. Court of Appeals.
0: Any indication at all as to why Idaho, the state of Idaho, wanted to start? this issue to begin
1: with. Oh, I just, my guess would be that um, the, the tribe that exists on the Fort Hall Indian reservation uh, feels like they, they don't want their treaty rights, uh, you know, jeopardized in any way because actually that tribe, the Shoshone Bannock on the Fort Hall reservation had to litigate with the state of Idaho because Idaho would not recognize their right There's a case called United States versus Tenno that was decided many years ago where the state said, the treaty says you have the right to hunt, but we think you don't have the right to fish. (laughs) (laughs) And so the, the tribes were taking the magnificent salmon in their Aboriginal areas that come from the Pacific ocean up to the river system near Stanley, Idaho. And they do that by traditional spears. And, um, the state arrested a tribal member, you know, for doing that. And the judges had to decide whether or not fish was included in the right to hunt on the unoccupied lands of the United States. And a linguist was the major witness in the case and said in the in the native language, you know, the word that they use is together. Uh, the animals, you know, this food source and uh, the Idaho Supreme Court actually made that ruling. It was in state court and the Supreme Court said the right to hunt includes the right to fish.
2: Well, we appreciate your time and uh, your expertise. Larry Echohawk, who uh, was the U.S., uh, you served under U.S. President Barack Obama as the United States Assistant Secretary of the Interior for Indian Affairs. You did that for several years. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Thank you.
0: We would love to get a phone call when that case is ruled upon by the, that three panel judge and we're keeping our fingers crossed i am anyways for the shoshone tribe so thank, thank you thank all you. right uh, straight ahead much more to come boyd matheson walking in studio right now president biden has yet to announce he's running for re-election um is he facing challenges already i think boyd has an answer for us